one thing that I really um, plug a lot is that you can regulate your emotions and your body anywhere. I mean, really, you can regulate anywhere. You don't have to have like, you don't have to be in a therapy office. You don't have to be in a gym in order to um, sort of get yourself feeling like calm and relaxed and present in your body. Yeah. Um, everywhere has a restroom, you know, like take a time out, right? Like call a time out and go to the restroom and, you know, put your hands under some hot tap water and just take a second and take a deep breath and be present in that moment. Um, and recognize like, all right, how am I feeling? Where am I at? Acknowledge it, accept it, and then just move it, move it along. Welcome to the build with Brayback podcast where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more, here's your host, Amanda Brabeck. Good morning, happy Thursday, beautiful people of the world. Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of Build with Brayback. As always, super excited to share this episode with you. I really, I feel like I don't know what it is in the water, in the air, but recently have just like been feeling a ton of gratitude and really taking the time to like step back and try to put the things going on in my life into perspective because I think in the really busy, crazy lives that we live and, you know, especially if you're on social media, as most of us are, it can get really easy to just compare and think about what you don't have. And recently, I really have been doing quite the opposite. And I think it's so special um, that I get to share these conversations with you guys and I just feel really honored um, if you've listened to one episode, if you followed along to or like for all of the episodes, if you've ever sent me a message telling me that um, something resonated with you or that you really enjoyed the podcast, like it makes such a difference and I just – I'm feeling lucky. Um, I think that's kind of my high for the week, honestly. I feel like especially moving back into that, you know, nine to five life and working from home, which can be a little bit isolating. Um, you know, I just know how easy it is to like really get stuck in that like drab, negative, you know, you're living just for the weekend, just for those two days. And it's so important to find the little things in every single day that make it great. So I've really been trying to like romanticize the regular days um, to make sure that I keep my perspective in check. And like whether that's, you know, making a really yummy coffee drink at home or maybe treating yourself to a special drink at Starbucks on Monday mornings to make the morning a little happier or maybe it's getting outside for a midday walk and feeling the sunshine on your cheeks or playing with your dog and kind of like looking at the world through their happy, innocent eyes. Um, 
Like there are so many, it's, I'm being such a cheese ball right now, but there are just so many beautiful, wonderful things in our everyday lives. We got to take advantage of it. Um, my low, it's just kind of silly per always. Um, I got a Jeep, honestly, a couple months ago at this point, like I should be used to the size of it, but I've always driven like little sedans. I had a Jeep Wrangler in high school, but even that had such like a short frame, you know, so like parallel parking in the city, it has been, well, I will toot my own horn. Like I've lived in the city for like six, seven years now, parallel parking, I'm pretty good at it. But it has tripped me up a little bit now driving this longer SUV car. And on Saturday, I was rushing to get out of my parking spot. And I totally, totally overestimated how much space I had in front of me. And I like really gave the car in front of me um, a good little love tap, if you will. And Luckily, the car was kind of a beater and had like a ton of scratches and dents and dings. Of course, I am a good person and I left a note. I really couldn't, you know, deal with it on my conscience all day because like it was apparent like the scrape that I hit. Um, and they were so cool about it. So I guess it's like kind of a high that she was so cool about it. But it's like the most pit inducing moment where you're just like, oh, shit. Um, which sadly I know too well, especially like when I first moved to the city and mastering the parallel parking. Ooh, it wasn't good. Um, but yeah, that's about that. Um, super excited for you guys to hear from Jenny. She talks about everything from coping mechanisms, finding a therapist, this, that, and the other thing. Enjoy. Have a great week. See ya. I am so excited to bring one of my dear friends on the podcast. She is a dog mom to the cutest little diva, Gigi, who I'm sure is sitting close by. One of my most committed and probably most vocal personal training clients. But most importantly, why she is here today, she is a clinical psychotherapist and licensed independent social worker and a certified trauma therapist. So she is credentialed. I am so excited for her to help us fix our lives. Welcome to the podcast, Jenny Mello. Hi. Thank you Welcome. for having me. Thanks for coming on. Oh my gosh, of course. Anytime. I'm so excited. Um, is Gigi close by? Oh, yep. She's just snoozing away right next to me here. Oh. Now she's snoozing. You never know. That could change in a matter of moments. So it's all right. <laughs> we we encourage the dog activity. Poe is really gnawing on a bone close by so i'm sure it will get louder and louder as we go um okay well let's just jump right into it so um on one of the podcasts that i listen to they always ask their host what gives them the right to like be talking about the topic which i kind of love so let's talk a little bit about like your background and education and training and all of that yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll try not to bore you too much. <laughs> um, but uh, so I went to uh, Smith College for graduate school and I graduated in 2014. Um, and I did a couple of really amazing um, 
internships during that time. I worked uh, on an inpatient unit at Bradley Hospital, hospital with uh, adolescents. So that was an, an, a pretty uh, acute population, but it was a really amazing learning opportunity. And then I also did outpatient community mental health in Boston, outside of Boston. Um, and then when I graduated from school, um, I decided that, you know, working with young adults was really something that was super fulfilling for me. Um, and I got a job at a therapeutic residential school uh, for teenagers struggling with acute mental health. So I did that for about four years. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to realize my dreams of um, doing my own private practice and sort of opening up my own business. Uh, so I have currently been doing that for two years, and that has been wonderful. It's been an absolutely amazing experience. I love so, that. Yeah, that um, where we are now. So in your own private practice, what are, like, do you have, like, kind of, like, a typical patient or, like, typical issues that you deal with? Yes, for sure. Um, so I do still see teenagers, um, of course, uh, but my my population has really changed a little bit. And so I focus a lot uh, on on people who kind of fall in the age range of like 15 to 35 is kind of like my niche um, group and mm. particularly women. I mean, I do I do have male clients as well, but I, I derive a really uh, specific passion for for working with women. I find that it's uh, super rewarding and fulfilling for me. And so um, I do tend to have a lot of women on my caseload, but um, I don't discriminate, of course. <laughs> Anybody's welcome. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And and um, to answer your other question, I, I do I'm, I'm a trauma therapist, so I do focus a lot. Um, the people who tend to come to see me are typically struggling with um, traumas that they've experienced in their own lives, um, whether, you know, one singular event that has really greatly impacted them um, over the course of their life or, um, you know, experiencing sort of like ongoing sustained experiences that have been mm -hmm. really painful for them. Um, and so I do a lot of work um, with people that, you know, it can be as simple as somebody who's struggling to form, you know, meaningful and lasting relationships with other people <laughs> um, to someone who, you know, got into a car accident that they weren't quite ever able to get over um, and are experiencing a lot of symptoms related to that. So yeah. it kind of runs the gamut. Yeah, I kind of love that because I think that there's like, I don't know, it's like a stigma or whatever you would call it, but that you need something like really significant to happen in your life or something like quote unquote wrong with you to like need to go to therapy and that was actually um a question that a lot of people brought up too was like how do you know when it's time to find a therapist like what different things can you like work on with your therapist if you don't feel like you have like a really big problem yeah that you're dealing with Absolutely. So I love this question. <laughs> really love this question because I think so many people really do believe that like you have to be like so severely mentally ill in order to need therapy. And 
Personally, I really think that like everyone and anyone could benefit from having a therapist. Um, I think that I, you know, I've had people come to see me that, you know, in their intake session, they say things to me like, you know, I want to, I'm here to figure out like why I seem to always attract toxic men. <laughs> like that's, that's what it's I want to get at. Fair you know? question. Um, or, you know, I have clients that, you know, come to see me and they say like, I, I have anxiety and I want some support with anxiety. And I think, you know, it's not to say that those those things aren't true, but I often find um, that the initial reason why people want to come to see me is never really the reason why they need to see me, if that makes sense. It totally um, does. There's always something deeper there. Um, and I think that's why I try and tell people like, you know, try not to be deferred by, you know, the trauma certification piece of it, because truth be told, um, I think we all have things that could be considered, you know, traumatic for us um, in our lives. And um, it's really more about just learning how to work with people that that tend to struggle um, with that, those specific things. And um, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, but okay, I want to dig into all of that. But I <laughs> want to take a little step back first. Um, because I think it can also be super intimidating, especially if you don't have like a really you know in what your mind what you would think of like a big problem or something like that that's super like pressing and urgent um to go through the process of finding a therapist because it seems like an overwhelming task so i feel like we should talk a little bit about that like where to look talking about like this lightning scale because like therapists are expensive um trying out different therapists and like things to ask. Oh yeah, absolutely. So oh, I have so many people in my world too that that tend to reach out to me and ask me these questions um, because I think really people don't know where to start. It's super common that that people think like, yeah, I would love to do that, except it, it feels really daunting and overwhelming to go through the process of trying to find someone. And um, the, my first answer, my, my short answer to that question is that, um, and I think people will kind of laugh because it might seem a little bit obvious, but most people don't know this. Uh, if you actually call the 1-800 number on the back of your insurance card, they will provide you a list of therapists in your geographic location that accept your insurance. <laughs> and um, they will actually, they, they, they have a list so they can, they can actually help you find someone if you're struggling, right. um, which I think is really one of the, the things that that uh, insurance does well. So that's great. Um, and the other piece of that is um, there's this website called Psychology Today, okay. uh, and it's essentially the yellow pages of therapists. I mean, you can go on there and you can narrow your search range by gender, geographic location, um, insurance, price range, specialty. I mean, you could decide that you wanted like an LGBTQ friendly Christian therapist and there would be someone for you on there. Yeah. Um, so that's a really great tool. And I always tell people to start there, especially because um, we're required to upload like a picture of us. Um, you can link, you know, get a link to our website on there. Um, it lists sort of our price range and, and our, you know, all the things we focus on. You get all the information you need. Yeah, no, that's really great because I feel like, especially, I would imagine, not really from my own experience, but like a person of color might want someone that can more like relate to their experience or like even myself, 
I don't think I would really want to go to like a middle-aged white man. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we list sort of like our educational background too, like how long we've been practicing. Um, if there's areas that we, you know, we're not confident in addressing with people. I mean, that, that can be on there too. I mean, we all, um, we do a lot of different things and therapists vary a lot in terms of like what we focus on and what we have to offer you. And so um, definitely, definitely, you know, hold out for the best fit for you for sure. Okay. What about like the, like, what is it? Talk space hit? Ah, yes. The, all the better help and yeah, all those. Yeah. I mean, these are tricky because on the one hand, I'm, I love what Talkspace and BetterHelp are, um, is doing for the mental health industry as a whole. I mean, it's making it more accessible to people and it's, um, streamlining it a little bit. Yeah. And it's reducing stigma, right? It's kind of like, get on there and like chat with somebody if you got stuff, you know, I mean, that's the message, which I, which I really love. And I think, um, there's a lot of therapists that can get behind that for sure. I think the one downside to those services is that um, you're really not getting the same experience that you can have if you were sitting face to face with someone. And yeah. I mean, I-, I can say that with full confidence, even never having done um, or worked with BetterHelp or Talkspace or things like that, because COVID has taught us that. I mean, <laughs> doing therapy over a computer, even with FaceTime, it can be a really different experience. And there were a lot of um, clients that really struggled with that transition. Um, So I would say, you know, there's a time and a space for for that, for sure. Um, But if you're looking for um, a really intensely personal um, experience, you really want to meet with someone um, in person if you can. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of people that are are starting in person again with all of these restrictions lifting. So that's that's there for you. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Um, Okay, so when you're you know dating around trying out different therapists um what are like maybe some questions to ask them initially to kind of see if they might be a good fit if they're not a good fit how do you like break up with your therapists oh absolutely i love this question too so first of all i think it's important to note that not everyone knows that you can shop for your therapist so let's just start off by saying like 100% interview your therapist. (laughs) We want you to, we love it, we encourage it. um, And any therapist, you know, worth their weight um, is going to encourage you to, you know, uh, interview them and, and, and really, you know, give them a good idea of who you are and what you're looking for, because we want to be a good fit for you too. And the reality right. is that not every therapist is, go- is a good fit for every client. Um, and so, you know, you're really doing yourself a disservice if you don't, um, you know, take advantage of a of those free 15 minute consults that most therapists offer. Um, and, you know, include me included. I mean, I've gone over that time limit with, with people before too. And I know therapists that will give you a, a free hour um, if they feel like that's what you need need in order to to sort of get your needs met. And so absolutely interview your therapist. Um, And I think some important questions to ask, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could ask, but first of all, do you specialize um, in anything? Because I think you want, (laughs) you want your therapist to feel really really confident in what you do. Yeah. And I think um, there's a lot of 
people who come to me specifically because of what, you know, my certification and, and my background in trauma and it's super valuable. And, and it's, there's not a lot of people around who do that. And just like, there's not a lot of people around who specialize in like equine therapy or, you know, yeah. cognitive behavioral therapy, or, you know, I could go on all day, but if you're looking for something specific, there's someone out there that does that specific thing you need. Um, so ask them. Right. Uh, and I think another really important question is, what is your therapeutic style? Uh, I wish more people asked this <laughs> because yeah. it can vary a lot. Um, there are, you know, therapists who give homework. There are therapists who, you know, just do traditional straight up talk therapy. There are therapists who, you know, are old fashioned Freudian style, like you just talk and all I do is listen. Um, so yeah. there's there's a lot of different ways that therapy can happen. And um, particularly for me, you know, the therapy that I do is incredibly hands on. And what I mean by that is um, I do a lot of holistic body based work and sensory integration in my sessions. And you know, so I'm telling people who are maybe like, you know, struggling with high anxiety in the moment to like get off their chair and stretch or, you know, sniff some lavender or do a breathing exercise with me because I think that those those pieces are really important. And I know that there are people out in the world that, you know, don't like that type of yeah. <laughs> experience or maybe don't feel like that's something they're comfortable with. Um, and for me, trauma is a very body based thing and we store emotion in our bodies and it lives there. So thousand uh, percent, thousand percent, hundred percent. So I think it's um, something that you want to know those things like what how do you practice? What what is your style? That's an important yeah, one. that is a really good question. And like I love that, too, that you said that about kind of giving them whether or not it's homework or like an exercise while you're doing it. Like I feel like there's also a stigma that like you go to therapy to like fix yourself and then it's like all right we're done and we can sign off when really it's like more learning you know coping mechanisms and all that you yeah. know important oh, tools sure. that you can incorporate into your days yeah and i think you know by asking those questions like those are the ways that you know if you need to sort of like break up with your therapist in that moment right if you if you say to someone you know i'm i'm the kind of person who you know doesn't like homework or you know i'm the kind of person who just wants to vent um yeah. maybe your therapist will say something to you like you know what like i am not the best therapist for you like there are other therapists out there who can be better at giving you what you're telling me you need yeah um, and and we're really pretty honest and upfront about that that's the beautiful thing about therapy right is that you can kind of just like put it all out on the table and be who you are and we can say like we're gonna put it all on the table and be who we are too right like right. there's some things i do really well and some things that i don't do as well and so i want you to know that before we start um and so i think it's always okay to sort of say to your therapist like you know what I, this doesn't feel like the best fit for me but i really appreciate your time and that's it you know yeah. we'll respect it every time you know yeah that's true and if someone doesn't it's like clearly they weren't going to be a good fit anyways exactly. So. exactly i mean i'm typically like really happy for people when they figure out what works for them and what doesn't it's like good for you you right. know like that's a great step it. in the right direction yeah, get after it. that's the whole point right if you're right. feeling like it's beneficial then what are we even doing here you know yeah well okay so beyond like the first you know initial test out um session what would you if especially for people that you know aren't 
working to you know try to get over like one really big like traumatic event or something like that, that they can really pinpoint what are some things that um you know people maybe could ask in the first few sessions to get started or you know what could they expect yeah absolutely so it, it can vary sometimes but i think generally speaking we all follow um kind of a similar format in terms of the way we structure the first few sessions um i will speak for me but um typically the first session for me uh that initial intake is really about um taking like a detailed history of like who you are as a person uh, mm -hmm. and what what you know what you bring to to therapy and what experiences you've had that have made you who you are um, because I think that we really need to have sort of a foundation of um, of knowing where you're at and what your life is like in order for us to figure out a good place to start right. um, so typically that first session is really just me asking a lot of questions <laughs> um, and getting to know you and um, and I think also, uh, one thing that I do that I actually have gotten some feedback from clients that they really like that I ask because they don't always think to offer this information is sort of like, have you been in therapy before? And if so, like what has worked for you and what has not? Because I don't want to sort of dive in and start like doing my thing and then come to find out that six weeks later, you're like, I actually hate that you do this. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like I hate that, you know, we, you know, are talking about my mom and I don't want to talk about my mom or, or whatever, whatever the thing is. Um, right. And so if there's something that's really not worked for you, like I want to know, lay it on me. Um, so that's a big part of the first initial sessions too. And I think part of it is for the client is about like, do I even like this person? <laughs> you yeah. know, do I vibe with them? Do I feel comfortable in their space? Do I trust them? Are they somebody that I can picture myself opening up to? And if the answer to those questions is not yes, then that's an indication that maybe, you know, you got to keep it moving and find somebody who does that for you because that's right. really important. Yeah. Maybe it takes a few sessions to figure that out. Absolutely. That's okay. Absolutely. Um, a couple people asked about group therapy. Mm, um, I wanted to know a little bit more about that because it was something that they heard of, but have never heard like that much about. Um, sure. And I, I feel like it wasn't really referring to like a couples therapy kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. So group therapy um, is actually more common than people think. <laughs> um, I think they, they sort of picture one thing um, in their heads, but uh, it can oftentimes be, be um, much more fulfilling for people um, that you know, than they think. Um, so group therapy is more for, it's a better fit for someone who is really looking for a lot of peer support. So it, it focuses a lot less on your individual um, issues or problems that you may be bringing to the table and is really about like finding a sense of community um, around something that uh, you're all sort of mutually struggling with. Um, right. So for example, like, when you're looking for a group, you'll often find that it will be like anxiety group for women, or it will be like, you know, um, a group that's geared towards like um, trauma survivors or a group that's geared towards um, veterans, right? And PTSD sufferers. So you'll yeah. often find that um, there's uh, groups that, you know, for teens or, you know, supporting like LGBTQ populations or, um, or whatever, people of color. And so I think that um, a group is more about 
connecting with others around a shared problem. Um, yeah. But it does give you a little less of the individualized um, attention. Um, and so there's some people that do it in conjunction with individual therapy, which I think is great. Um, yeah. There's some people who really find that the community is what is what um, really serves them best. And yeah. so it's kind of just a best of fit thing. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about some of like the coping mechanisms that maybe people can try to sprinkle into their everyday life as they, you know, try to find their, their therapist that they're going to stick with. Um, so let's just start with like an easy one that's very fitting to the times now that we can very soon frolic about into a quote unquote, you know, normal life again, um, which is exciting, but also can, I don't know, induce a little bit of anxiety, social anxiety, just, oh, yeah. you know, regular run-of-the-mill anxiety. <laughs> um, like we've been living in a certain way for over a year now, and now it's like, oh, no. we're not easing into it. We are going full steam ahead all of a sudden. So let's talk about some of that social anxiety. Yeah, I love that. So first of all, if you're a person who's listening to this podcast and you're experiencing any of the things we just described, I think it's really important for you to know that you are so not alone, my friend. I mean, I have I have heard more um, stress and anxiety from the people I work with in the past two weeks <laughs> um, than I have in, in a while. Um, I think people are feeling like it's a real it's a lot really fast um, and yeah. that there wasn't a whole lot of ramp up time here. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden we're expected to like go back to normal life and like what even is normal anymore? Like, does anybody know? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Am so I normal before? Like, I don't want to go back to that. Yeah, maybe in for like some of us it's totality. about creating a new normal, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I would love to speak to that. I think I think the the few, you know, words of wisdom I can give is first of all, like go at your own pace. Like try not to feel pressured by what everyone else is doing. I mean, I know people that are like rapid fire making crazy plans and doing all kinds of big things and packing their schedules and and people that are like, Yeah, I'm not ready to leave my house still. Um, so whatever that is for you, like feel confident in going at your own pace and and don't let anybody you know socially pressure you I think that's yeah. really important um, for your own sort of like mental health and self-preservation um, and I think um, the other thing is you know from a boundaries perspective know when to call it <laughs> you know like if you go out and you're you know experiencing things and and, and doing things with people and it gets to be 10 o'clock and you're like I'm exhausted and I don't have like the the emotional bandwidth to like keep socializing or keep drinking or just like yeah. be out in public with others, then like know, know when you've hit your limit and honor that, like for sure, like speak your truth because um, this is a really a weird time um, for all of us. And, you know, it's about like holding, holding true to your own needs and honoring those first. Um, so those, those are the two most important things I think. And just to speak to like, you know, how can people kind of like, um, cope and, and regulate and, and sort of manage all of that in terms of their anxiety. One thing that I really, um, plug a lot is that you can regulate your emotions and your body anywhere. I mean, really, you can regulate anywhere. You don't have to have like, you don't have to be in a therapy office. You don't have to be in a gym in order to um, sort of get yourself feeling like calm and relaxed and present in your body. Yeah. Um, 
everywhere has a restroom, <laughs> you know, like take a time out, right? Like call a time out and go to the restroom and, you know, put your hands under some hot tap water and just take a second and take a deep breath and be present in that moment um, and recognize like, all right, how am I feeling? Where am I at? Acknowledge it, accept it, and then just move it, move it along. Um, and if that means that you need to go home or that means, you you know, do what you need to do, but um, really taking a time out is big. Yeah. Uh, so make sure that you're doing that. I love all of that so much. I feel like if there's anything that all of us hopefully learned during this time is like boundaries and like doing what feels right for you because it was such a good like reset of our normal life. And I don't think it would be totally like healthy mentally or physically for all of us to go back to exactly how we were living before. Yeah, I think a lot of people realized, you know, how much they were doing because they thought they should or for yeah. other people and how much they really needed to sort of slow it down and, and focus on themselves. So right. keep that, you know, maintain that as much as you can. Right. Like never wanting to say no, just like you were saying, packing the schedule. And for some people, like that is how they thrive. Mm -hmm. But I certainly do not have <laughs> the social, emotional, physical stamina to do it anymore. <laughs> and you know, like if that's you, if you're like out there and you're like, I am the truest form of extrovert, like I'm so happy for you. Live your but truth. The, but for the rest of us, <laughs> you know, closet introverts, I mean, I think it's just about balance. Like just maintain some balance and recognize that you don't have to go like all in all at once. And, you know, you, you are in charge of your own destiny, people. It's all yeah, totally. Um, do you have any tips for setting like healthy boundaries? saying no to friends and family. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is it's such tough. a loaded, <laughs> a loaded question and a loaded for all you people pleasers out there. <laughs> Listen, all you people pleasers out there. I know. And you know, I, I hope this doesn't scare anybody off. But I mean, I've I can work on boundaries with people for a long time. I mean, it's really, really hard to get to a place where you feel comfortable saying no. Um, but I think, um, you know, part of it, and this is gonna feel silly, but like if you're one of those people that feels pressured in the moment to just agree to things, um, set a little a little rule for yourself where when you get a text message of someone like asking, asking of your time or inviting you to do something, have, have an agreement that you're gonna wait 15 minutes before you answer those people. Um, because I think it gives you a chance to ask yourself, like, what do I actually want? <laughs> do I actually want to do this? Or am I doing this because I feel like I have to or because the other person wants me to? Um, and I think taking a second to ask yourself those questions is gonna make a difference in some cases, for sure. Because I think we're always so quick to like rapid fire throw out a response without asking yeah. ourselves what we actually wanna do. Um, so that's something that, you know, right off the bat comes to mind um, for me. Um, but I think, yeah, saying no is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard, yeah. especially for, for us people pleasing perfectionistic. <sighs> yep. I know that honestly is like, I think the only thing that I'm like sad about besides like having to wear makeup on my whole face, not just like the upper half, um, but <laughs> <laughs> because there was always the pandemic excuse of like, oh, sorry, pandemic. But well, now you have to be real adults and. <laughs> no, it's true. But I mean, if you're having trouble with just flat out saying no, which like 
don't even get me started on how like, you know, women are in this position of like <laughs> feeling like we have to be apologetic or mm-hmm. have a reason. like, no, sometimes like no is a whole answer, you know? And I think yeah. um, women in particular really struggle with that. They feel like it means they're being bitchy or, you know, and this is all like a narrative that we've been taught. Um, and so, totally. you know, not to go off on that tangent, but if you're struggling with that, you're not alone. And I think one way to sort of ease yourself in um, is to say things, um, you know, respond, give people responses that give you a little bit of wiggle room, right? Like, it's okay to say, like, you know, I can't do that plan at that time or for that long or for exactly the way you want, but this is what I am willing to give you. And yeah. you get to decide. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times we forget that um, we get to sort of dictate for ourselves what we can manage. And so if someone calls me and says, like, hey, do you want to, you know, go to the beach for eight hours and bring a cooler full of claws. Like if that's not where I'm at, then I will say something like, I would love to go to the beach with you for three hours and bring a book. And if that works for you, then great. And if not, like catch you next time, you know? Right, exactly. And I feel like that is something that at least myself personally, like definitely learned this last year of like, telling just like telling the people what you can do what you're like available for emotionally and like actually and if people aren't going to meet you there and if they're going to like push back then like they're not really your people and if they're not your people for right now too you know right and like if they're expecting you know you to be the person that maybe you're not then like they're gonna figure out which friend they can call to go do those things with. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to always be like on the other person's terms. And I also really liked what you said about like taking the time to answer. Cause I feel like in our like immediate, you know, very fast moving world, like texts can like really stress people out. Mm -hmm. And I constantly have to remind myself of like, you don't have to be available all Mm -hmm. the time and it not like i have a million people texting me but even like like i hate i hate having like the numbers on the apps and everything you know what i mean yeah yeah but even like like looking at it and being like i don't have to like be engaged right now like oh yeah i can talk to these people when i'm ready like i don't have to just answer everything like on the fly Oh, I am like the queen of taking a minute. I mean, anyone in my life would tell you that I take too many minutes. So there's that problem. But I mean, I, also I do because I like, forget. But... People. Um, no, but I, you know, I think we're all on autopilot for the most part. And I think we just sort of, you know, just fire out, you know, answers to things. And I think, um, you know, we could all use a dose of mindfulness in our lives, you know, like it's okay to take a minute. You always have a minute to take. So take it. Yeah. Um, I was actually having a conversation with my sister just yesterday about um, mindfulness and how it's not actually what people think it is. You know, right. people picture mindfulness and they picture like this monk meditating on a mountain or something. And that's all well and great. And there's people that genuinely do that. Um, and I'm so happy for them. I am not one of them, unfortunately. Um, but for me, 
you know, mindfulness is just about being present and um, paying attention to what it is you're doing in that moment. So, you know, if you're walking your dog, you're just being present with being with your dog and, you know, being happy to be outside and like breathing in the fresh air and just being, you know, happy to be there. Um, yeah. You're taking a shower. You're like, I'm shampooing my hair. This feels great. Hot water is awesome. And that's mindfulness. Yeah, you know? totally. So, you know, you're going to have other thoughts come in and you can just like say hi to them and send them on their way and just refocus on what you're doing. Um, and I think you'll find that your life slows down. Yeah. Like, right. Like just not letting all of the stressors take over at all times. Like a few episodes ago, um, one of the guests was talking about meditation and how she used to always like just be like, oh, I'm not someone that can meditate. I don't like it. It's not me. And then she was like, well, I figured out it can literally be whatever the hell you want it to be. And it doesn't have to be 30 minutes sitting there with your eyes closed. You know, it can like a form of meditation can be a walk or maybe sitting there for two minutes, just maybe repeating something to yourself or just breathing or Absolutely. Like people yeah. think the goal is like to have no thoughts. <laughs> like right. I have to have a That's blank. A, and it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, and it's impossible. And it goes against human nature. And and personally, like your thoughts are information. They give you information, right? Like they tell you where you're at. They tell you how you're feeling. They tell you what's important to you in that moment. And like, don't ever dismiss your thoughts, like welcome them, but just learn how to shelf them, you know, yeah. like hi, like I acknowledge that you exist. Thank you for your information. But right now I'm trying to walk my dog. And so I'm going to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like take the pressure off yourself. Like don't get upset with yourself if stuff is sneaking in because that's so normal. Right. And feelings work the same way, right? Yeah. Like all feelings are good feelings. They're just, it's just information. So, yeah. you know, that's it's about so accepting where you're at and being okay with it and then figuring out what you need to do to move on with your day. That's all. Right. Um. Okay. Well, let's talk about turning it to you a little bit. I mean, you did just kind of give some examples of mindfulness and all of that, but um, I feel like especially in our like very annoying hustle culture, it's so important to like protect your own peace a little bit, have some form of, for lack of a better term, a self-care routine or a morning routine or night routine or something like that. Um, so what are some of the things that you like to do? Oh, absolutely. I love self-care more than the average gal. Um, okay. I'm a big proponent of self-care. So, um, and let me just start by saying, <laughs> you know, everyone's self-care journey is different. And so when you hear about mine, like there are definitely going to be people listening that are like, yeah, right. Like if I only had the time to do that thing, but I also think, you know, you, your self care is going to just look really different. Um, cause it's going to be what suits your needs. So right. for me, um, because I'm in private practice, I have the beautiful luxury of making my own schedule. And one of the things that I took into account when I was creating that was um, that I really thrive when I have um, an hour to myself in the morning to be able to just be, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and sometimes I, I journal, I do morning pages during that time. Um, sometimes that time looks like um, just, you know, talking to my family members and FaceTiming with my sister um, and catching up with her 
and just laughing together. Um, and sometimes that looks like me sitting on the couch with my mug of coffee, cuddling my dog and just yes. soaking in every moment of how that feels. Um, and it's what fills my cup. And so when I think about, you know, self-care, something that is important is that you, you just, I want to feel grounded and connected to myself. And if, and if I've, if I'm doing that, then I know that whatever it is I'm doing is self-care. Um, if it brings me joy and it makes me feel more like me, then it's right. Yeah. I love <laughs> um, that. A lot of times people think self-care is like getting their nails done or going to a sauna or massage or, or whatever that is. And those things can be self-care a hundred percent. I do a lot of those things. Um, but sometimes self-care is doing the one thing you don't want to do. Like, yeah making a doctor's appointment or finding a therapist, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times the things that are holding us back are, are things that it's like, what I really need to do to make my day better is the one thing that I'm avoiding doing. And sometimes that's what self-care looks like. So, yeah, so real. it can vary a lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, but yeah. no, it's so real. And I think it also takes the pressure off of like having to have, you know, this extravagant, self-care routine or always be doing like a bath every night and a face mask and like all the things where like nobody got time no sprinkling those things in is great but it's more important about you know setting those boundaries like for you your boundary is in the morning like being able to have your cup of coffee and like yeah decompress before you start your day um yeah and i think that in our like culture it's it's really easy to give those pieces of your day up because there's always something else that you could be doing um but really it's like a little less productive to give it up to get something else done because you can't pour from an empty cup well yeah and i you think just can't you can't and i think sometimes you know giving yourself to do permission to do nothing is self-care right and like i deserve my uninterrupted hour and yeah and i i give all day and i love to give and it makes me happy and it you know there's ways in which that fills my cup as well but you know at the end of the at the end of it you know if i don't have my hour and i'm not prioritizing me like how can i spend the re the next eight hours prioritizing other people all right um, so give yourself permission, you know, that giving yourself permission is self-care. Saying no is self-care, right? Yeah. It truly is. It truly is. Um, I was just <laughs> thinking about um, Jonathan Van Ness from <laughs> I love Queer Eye being like, who gave you permission? Jenny Mello, who is credentialed as fuck, gave you permission. Yeah, you need it. Call me up. I'm here for you. Yes, you heard it here first. Um, okay, for the sake of time, rapid fire round. Let's do it. And I didn't send you these ones ahead of time because I know sneaky, and I know you do this because I listen to all of your brilliant podcast episodes, and it made me nervous to do it. But I'm here for it. Let's it's go. It's only a handful. <laughs> um, well, because coffee is such a big part of your, you know, oh my gosh, routine. Yeah. What is your go-to? Double shot of espresso with oat milk foam is my jam. And I actually oh, the, um, yeah. sprinkle a little bit of pumpkin pie spice on top of that bad mm. boy. Great. Chef's freaking kiss. Um, biggest lesson from the last year? Oh, there are so many. I mean, 
I, I think biggest lesson is like, you can survive anything. Like people can do hard things. Yeah. <laughs> that I think that's the lesson. Um, and I think we can all sort of resonate with that. I mean, you can do hard things. And that includes me. I mean, there were points in time where I was like, I am going to lose my straight up bananas. But um, I mean, I think we did a little bit. But. We did a little bit. I mean, you witnessed a little bit of that for me. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, you can do hard things was my takeaway. <laughs> I love that. Um, piece of advice for someone breaking out on their own, starting their own business, their own practice, anything like that. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, it came to me like so instantly. Um, really just believe in yourself. Like there will be people who doubt there will be there's so there will be anxiety. I mean, you will be it, it is nerve wracking and it is definitely a roller coaster. Um, but it will happen if you believe it will happen. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the people that love me most were like doubting my journey at certain points and being like, you sure? Are we, you know, <laughs> you, you're absolutely sure. Um, and my like unwavering faith that I was going to straight up kill it is what has gotten me here. Um, so that's, that's what I, I think people need is just to yeah. really believe in yourself, honestly, as corny as that sounds. No, I really love that. Especially cause like there are going to be moments where like, you're not going to believe it 100%. So like really having that backbone of like, remembering why you started having that vision of what it's going to look like. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, finish this sentence. I'm pretty much always. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I am pretty much always. Um... <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that one because I feel like <laughs> the answer is so obvious and now I'm like afraid I'm not like No. It doesn't have to be anything like super deep or anything either. <laughs> okay. I mean, honestly, you're going to die laughing, but I am pretty much always looking forward to my next meal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that's same, a big, so much same. That is a big one. <laughs> um speaking of which, salty or sweet? Salty all day. All what, day. What's your fave? Like Trade French it. fries, popcorn. I mean, you name it. I want yeah. it. <laughs> Always Sometimes even after I have something sweet, I like have to finish with a salty because I'm that kind of special sort of weirdo. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there were especially the first like two, three weeks of quarantine when we thought that it was only going to be two or three weeks. Right. And I was living life like it was just an extended snow day. And there were definitely many nights that I was like, okay, I'm going to have a sweet treat after dinner. And then after that, I was like, well, now I need something salty. And then, and then like, after I was like, well, I can't <laughs> end on salty and I need sweet. Oh, yeah. Yep. It, was, it was problematic, but also some of the best times of my life. You know, um, back to good old days when this we thought it was perma-vacation. I mean. Yeah, right? Um, okay, so speaking of like popcorn, mm -hmm. um, what is your go-to movie when you need a good laugh? My go-to movie when I need a good laugh? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop is definitely <laughs> the answer to that question, um, which is hysterical because who said that? <laughs> but honestly, like, those were like, that was like Eddie Murphy's prime. I yeah. mean, if you've not seen Beverly Hills Cop, like, get out of here and go watch it right now. Yes. Like, what have you been doing? <laughs> Eddie Murphy, he's, he's a genius. Brilliant. You're brilliant. Um, favorite movie when you need a good cry so this is a really funny question because 
I was actually talking about this with somebody too recently, which, you know, who knew, but um, I thought that it was one thing. And then I was quickly reminded that it's actually the notebook, which is very stereotypical, which is why I think I didn't want it to be that, but it really but is. It just, notebook every time we can't fight it. You need to stop denying it, you know? Right. And I'm just, I knew that you would have a good answer because there have been so many guests and like no shade to them. They're, I think maybe just a little bit more well-adjusted than us. I'm not sure. <laughs> How refreshing. Um, but I'd ask that question. They're like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> like, I mean, am I the only one that like, n like I know if I need like a good release and I'll turn on stepmother and torture oh, myself yeah. with sadness. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, because you you know what it is? It's like, I want to feel like justified in my breakdown, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to feel like validated. Like, it wasn't yes. me, it was the movie. Yeah, it's like, here we are just like laying it all out there. And it's like perfectly acceptable and even even celebrated. So, yes, I love wow. it. Wow. Um, first, I mean, now this question, I've been asking it. I don't know if you can hear Paul. He's going off for literally no reason um i've been asking this one on every single episode and now it's like in real time first thing you're doing in pandemic free life may 29th first, where are you going thing i'm gonna do you know or even like the first trip that you want to take anything that comes to mind i mean i there are so many things really which is Oh, that's my Jeech giving a little shake. Um, there are so many things. I mean, I I really want to see a Chat Amaze game. <laughs> um, that's something I really like to do. And yeah. um, I know it's not quite the season for it yet. Um, but that I haven't done that in years. And there's a lot of sentimental connection um, to watching A's games. Um, I used to do that with my grandfather when I was little. And mm. you know, me and my sister do it together um, as kind of a little bit of a tradition. And we haven't been able to do that the past yeah. couple of years comfortably or safely. So um, I really want that this year. I would love to have that back. <laughs> I know. I feel like there are so many little things like that that we all took for granted. Now that you um, don't know. Right. And I feel like during this time, like it's taught us all about what's important in life. So I want my memories back. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Last but not least, any books, podcasts, documentaries, resources that have stuck with you that you're currently loving? Anything and everything. See this this one I should have prepared for because I'm sure I'll <laughs> documentaries that I'm like everyone who's interested in mental health should watch these. Um, That's all right. You can always send them to me and I can add them to like the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, my 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 answer is going to be that I am obsessed with Outlander right now. And that has nothing yes. to do with mental health whatsoever. But like I have been, and I know I'm super late to the game and like whatever, you know, people can give me flack for that. But it takes me time to come around to stuff, you know? That's and funny. I have just been like straight up, like no shame, binging the hell out of this. <laughs> I'm a little bit obsessed. And I think all of you should be too. So that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I do need to start that one. Um, any books or podcasts? Um, so yeah, so I've been reading a lot of different things, uh, lately, but I'm kind of flip-flopping all over the place. The most recent thing I read that I've been loving and recommending to everyone is E Squared by Pam Grout. Um, if you're at all one of those people who's into like, um, it's not, it's actually not a self-help book. So like, you know, relax everyone. Um, but it is, um, if you're into like, you know, the power of positive thinking or like yep. manifesting, 
that book is really cool um, because it actually like introduces you to the concept of manifesting and you know how uh, it like walks you through these activities that you can do to like prove to yourself like scientifically that manifesting is real and um it's it's been really fun it's been an awesome journey and i've manifested lots of awesome shit so i highly recommend that book okay i'm gonna literally order it <laughs> yeah right when we hang up and it's a quick you know it's short it's not like it's easy reading but it's it's super cool and interesting love that um okay and then hype yourself up where can everybody find you oh my goodness yeah are you so, taking patients right now so i am yeah um so i have um a profile on psychology today so you can look me up through that um i also have an instagram it's jennifer mellow l-i-c-s-w is how you find me um and i have a soon to be launching website very excited Yay. about that um, so big shout out to Chris Fulmar for being awesome <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be jmellolicsw.com. Lovely. So come find me. I'm here for you if you need me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I feel like we could really just do like little breakout episodes on so many different topics in Absolutely. relation to therapy. So stay that. tuned, everyone. Um, but thanks. Have a lovely night. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbrayback.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.